Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, we're talking to Tom Leonetti McGuire, the founder and CEO of Little Lion Entertainment. Little Lion Entertainment creates unique immersive experiences that bridge the gap between theater and attraction. And Little Lion Entertainment operates the famous The Crystal Maze live experiences in London and Manchester. And as you will hear during the interview, there's much more to come from them in the near future. I was really excited to sit down and talk with Tom to hear about how him and his team are leading the way in experience-led theatre and how they also do some really innovative thinking during the pandemic to future-proof their business. We also talk about how they're setting a new standard when it comes to delivering experiences to the masses. Tom and his team are on an incredible journey, so tune in and join them. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. And uh, we are now in uh, August, mid-August. We are still in the uh, pandemic storm. And funny enough, we had a conversation last week with uh, Ali from Tamwell Capital. And we were talking about those two businesses that's really going to thrive here in, in the new now. It's the uh, experience-led businesses, and then there's the multi-revenue-based businesses. And uh, today, we're going to be talking with uh, the CEO and founder, Tom, from uh, that has an experience-led business. He will, of course, himself tell all about that. But what I thought was fascinating when I saw Tom's profile and his business, Little Lion Entertainment, the first time was that it was like out of the box experience. It was not just the normal experience we got and have. This is like a fusion of stuff coming together. And I'm I want to leave it to Tom to explain a bit more about what they're about because I think this is the groundbreaking. So I think you're in for for a bit of a treat here. So Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I've already alluded to, we're talking about the experience today. So who is Tom? What is Little Lion Entertainment about? I guess it's not something about lions. No, I wish. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. We will. I mean, that's, that's what we're all driving towards, right? We want to we wanna get back to the, uh, the gladiatorial battles. That's, that's what we want. Real live action. People fighting lions. Um, uh, so, so little line entertainment. Le- Leonetti is my uh, family name, um, and and Leonetti is is just little line in Italian. So that that's that's where the company name came from. And who am I? It's a it's a more profound question, I suppose. But um, in terms of this business, um, I I came from a. I came from a, a sort of traditional theatre background, so I went to uh, after after my undergrad, I, I did a postgrad at, at a drama school in, in London, um, and I was an actor for many years, um, sort of more in, as I say, in the, in the traditional mould of, of stage theatre. And towards the end of that career, I I discovered what has now become known as immersive theatre. And I, I just had a very visceral and immediate reaction to to immersive theatre, and, and I was in in shows, um, and I could see people's reaction to it, and I just I felt so palpably that this was such a 
it was such a powerful movement in theatre, something I'd never seen before. And I knew immediately that, that this wouldn't be a flash in the pan and that this, would, this wouldn't be a, a fad, that this was a really powerful subgenre of theatre and that it was definitively here to stay. And so it was at that point that I decided that, that I wanted to be directly involved in it and set about deciphering and deciding what kind of show I would want to make. And I think not, not explicitly uh, and, and not necessarily right at the forefront of my consciousness, but I, I knew that I wanted to make a show that was populist or popular, that I wanted to make a show that, that was fun and, and irreverent and, and didn't take itself seriously. And I wanted to make a show that had a broader audience, that had a broader demographic, because I felt that, I felt that traditional theatre served quite a small audience, to speak candidly, uh, an old and white audience, um, a dying audience almost literally um and and so what what i sort of came to five years ago was was this idea of of the crystal maze which was a beloved sort of british tv show uh a game show of sorts but a fantasy game show and quite a bizarre one at that um with with this strange logic at its heart whereby you know people play games to to garner points and that just seemed to really fit as, as a, as a, you know, as, as quite a bizarre, fun, irreverent, broad idea. And so, and so that's that's what I began with. And um, we raised funds initially through crowdfunding, and the reaction was unprecedented, and it was just mad. And that began, you know, uh, in, in the old cliche, it began a sort of roller coaster journey over the last four years, and and I've not got off yet. What is it exactly that you are passionate about? Because you operate out of uh, the theatre area in in London around Piccadilly Circus. That that's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So our 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 first site, which was which was sold out for initially for twelve months, and you couldn't buy a ticket. Um, where it was an angel for three years. We then went through a, a six million pound move, um, uh, transposing it from Angel to to Piccadilly Circus, right at the bottom of, of Shaftesbury Avenue. Um, so that's our main London site, and, and the main flagship in Manchester is is in Old Granada Studios um, up in up in the heart of Manchester. And yeah, look, I I think <laughs> I think it, it definitely gave me a a bit of a kick to 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 be on Shaftesbury Avenue and and to be mixing it, you know, and 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 opposite the the famous old theatres like you know like the Apollo and the Gielgud. It definitely felt right that we were sort of rubbing shoulders with with the the old the old bastions of, of traditional theatre, but also we we wanted to we wanted to set ourselves up for the long term as a as a mainstay of, of British entertainment. Like I say, I, I believe that immersive theatre, whatever you want to call it, I actually think immersive theatre is is somewhat reductive as a term. But this this kind of live entertainment, whereby the audience is at the heart of it, the ultimate breaking of the fourth wall, 
I, I think it's incredibly powerful, and and um, and I think it's you know it's going to be here for for a very long time. It's the it's the future of entertainment. So if you would tell the difference about the uh, the old ways of doing theater and then the the ways you are doing it, what can you give some very clear examples about what is different from a, an audience point of view and why it becomes such an immersive experience when you are at the audience and why you know a broader range would actually come and see this yeah sure so i mean i think i think it's the same in, in europe but but particularly in, in in britain i think theater has always been the preserve of it's, it's been somewhat elitist i think that's that's definitely fair to say i think programming in in london has been quite elitist for for many years you know we we keep seeing the same the same dusty shakespeare's the same dusty chekhov plays and and ibsen and you know that they are impenetrable for for a lot of people um perhaps has something to do with our education system because shakespeare is taught in such a way that it's not exciting and fun and it it seems impenetrable for people from a young age that all plays into it and yet the ironic thing i said this to someone the other day is that if shakespeare were alive today he'd be doing immersive theater guaranteed because he loved the idea of you know playing with with you know the the punters in the pit and and then doing a um, you know a more elegiac scene for you know those in the gods like he 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 loved to play with with the different crowds and to give winks to the audience and and I feel like traditional theatre has 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 lost a, a lot of the 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 boldness in that and immersive theatre turns it and and takes it completely on its head so you you come you come and see one of our shows you go and see a, a punch drunk show and. You know, there's there's no hiding in the dark. There's no shuffling back into your seat. You're you're right there. So you're right in the heart of the action. Your actor is right in front of you. There's an immediacy to that, and then you're off on the journey. And you're walking through and moving through the sets and the worlds. And and you're 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 going along the the journey uh, in in a in a narrative way, but in a, in a linear fashion as well. So you. You, you follow you follow the trail, and I think, like I say, obviously I think that's that's exciting, but I think it's really powerful too. And I and I think the the other thing that's particularly interesting about it is how how far can we go with this? You know, how far can we follow Alice down the rabbit hole? And the answer is, you know, it's almost endless until you're you know until you're like you know really emulating you know, films and, and experiences and, and really taking people to, to you know, miraculous and marvellous places. Um, there's, there's so much sort of potential in this subgenre. What you just said there is very interesting that you've actually been oversubscribed from, from day one. Is that correctly understood? So actually people have been hungering for this kind of experiences and it's just been like a snowball effect when you had the first people in trying it. Yeah, yeah, and look, like you know, I'd be lying if I said that you know when when we launched it, I I knew how it was going to go. It was a it was a leap of faith, like like a, like most people's first businesses, um, and and you know the the reaction was was crazy. I think we had 
we had something like you know over over 300 pieces of, of press written about us in the first year we sold out for 12 months you couldn't buy a ticket you know we, we then co-produced the return of the tv show the tv show then got a reboot because of our show um you know so it was, it was all this this bizarre sort of circularity but but yeah it just you know it without wanting to sound sort of like in any way pretentious it, it sort of like hit the zeitgeist of the moment and you know that there, there, there was some great fortune in that there was some sort of good planning in it and what what we hope to do once the, the world returns to some level of normality is to keep pushing that envelope to you know to to keep pushing the line because I felt like we did it with the Crystal Maze show. And and what we want to do now is demonstrate that, you know, we can we can raise the bar again. We can push, we can push people's expectations once more. Um, because there's so much further we can go. Um, and and that that's what gets me up in the morning. That's that's you know hugely exciting because um because we we you know we're we're in a really good place to 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 really to really push those boundaries and and absolutely knock people's socks off. Uh, you know I think the the really interesting thing about London particularly and, and other cities are really starting to get it with competitive socialising with you know disruptors was that people people began to be far more discerning and then innovative companies um, in our world rose to the challenge and were like, you're absolutely right. It's not, it's not good enough to just go and have an okay meal. It's not good enough to just go and, you know, have a, have a standard pint of ale in, in a, in a crappy pub. And it's not good enough to just, you know, go to whatever was in Piccadilly Circus before us. <laughs> like, uh, what was it? Uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. That That's just not good enough anymore. <laughs> People expect more and we're ready to, you know, we're ready to deliver. Yeah, now what I thought was very interesting in the conversation we had is that you're actually taking, you know, old classics, uh, British classics here. You know, the Crystal Maze is one. And the next one, when I saw that, I thought I was like, I remember the movie that came out. And I didn't know about this character because I'm originally Danish, but it came out a, a movie and it was with Sylvester Stallone in in the in the main role as Judge Dredd. And that's your next show as well, the Judge Dredd. And and it's a bit of a forgotten superhero, isn't it? Exactly. And he and he, you know, he is a he is a, a, a sort of dystopian folklore superhero for, for sure. I think the so the the first thing about this that was that was interesting for me is is there's you know there's the, the sort of key pillars of entertainment which, which are you know TV film um, uh, video games um, and 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 theatre and and what what I find particularly interesting is if if you have those three main pillars and, and you throw the net of theatre over them, then what is the space that you can create? And actually, the space that you can create, that playground that you can create in the middle is incredibly interesting. And you can you can pull the pillars closer together or you can push them further apart. But the but the playground that you're creating in between is 
is is an, is a space of endless possibility. So I felt like we sort of ticked the box with you know making live a, a TV show, and so it, it sort of became particularly interesting to me to then sort of take the the world of film um, and incidentally the the world of sort of comic books at the same time and and make that live so so that was the that was the sort of central conceit or like the 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 genesis for for this next project um but interestingly we we will in time be sort of looking at at the world of video games very soon but so that's that's how it began and i initially started getting carried away with this idea of uh well looking at looking at prison escapes and looking at films in which people escape from prison. So I, I thought that that was a really cool idea and a sort of strange fantasy that I think will have crossed most people's minds in their lives. Like what would it like, what would it be like to be in prison and then what would it be like to escape? And so I thought that was quite a cool idea and then became sort of quite carried away with, with the sci-fi sort of element. And okay, so so we've got we've got this central conceit of a prison escape, and but but then imagine imagine if we cast it in in a hundred years time, and imagine if we had this rich landscape of of a sci-fi world and and this beautiful sort of sci-fi backdrop. That was kind of where we were at in our thinking, and then we perchance was was introduced to Jason and his brother um, the Kingsleys at, at Rebellion. And we started talking about the the world of of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, and and it and in a very sort of serendipitous way, it sort of all it all came together and and discovered that sort of this this comic book, but also you know film sort of world of, of Judge Dredd was was the perfect backdrop for for this you know amazing wild show that we created. Um, and and yeah and and that was that and so we we agreed to we agreed to do the deal um and and have subsequently announced that that next year we we will be launching a, a new judge dreads live experience is that gonna replace the the crystal maze or are they gonna be running side by side no so this is a uh the, the crystal mazes will, will continue as 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 normal um and this is a, a new experience um also also due to to open in london um but now it's a separate totally new show yeah yeah very interesting yeah and i think it's we all need a bit of uh, superheroes and hope in these times so it it probably comes as a very good time when we land into next year that will probably be a, a lot of a lot of uh, you know challenges ahead so it'd be good to go and and get your get your inspiration from a superhero there and be a superhero yourself, because I guess you are playing the role of Judge Dredd yourself in a in some kind of uh, way during your show. Yeah, and, and you're you're absolutely right, Michael. You know, I think it's the the kind of escapism that that we all need right now. Um, uh, and yeah, and and in the show, you are essentially solicited by by Judge Dredd, um, and you are asked to come along on the journey with him. And 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 yeah, and and like like with all of our shows, you you become the star of the show for the day. Coming back to uh, the times when how were you been thinking about you running theatre? The this you know sudden stop in March, 
how has this pandemic affected you and, and where are you now with are you back open and operating and so on yeah i mean look it's you know it's, it's been difficult i think the i think the particularly sad and and the particularly difficult thing for for everyone through throughout this pandemic is that uh is that it's 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 head on um, affected and it's and it's head on cut off all all the social industries and you know when you're having a tough time the the one thing that you do need is you know to be able to go to the pub to be able to to go out and see people and and get some levity and, and have some you know some 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 sociability and some some good times to to ward off the bad. Um, uh so for, for, from our own point of view we we you know had the enforced closure from march like, like everybody else um uh we were fortunate um to be able to in, in conjunction with local councils and the government and and with our covid certification we were fortunate enough to to be able to reopen uh, as early as the 4th of july which was great and and now now we're just sort of building up again and 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 you know waiting for full confidence to to get back we're happy to be open again and it's 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 been a difficult time but uh i'm i'm eternally optimistic michael and and you know i think you know shows like ours um that are safe and inherently self-isolating because you're in small teams um Uh, but but also you know that that are fun and do provide some escapism is exactly what people need right now. Has this set you back on your journey the the pandemic? Like you know a lot of hospitality experience businesses, they are you know you know living on a time bomb. Some of them, some of them don't know where they are next month. Uh, what's going to happen with furlough ends? Uh, are you have you been affected in any way that you think that this has set you off course or? Has this just been a, a small bump for you on the road? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think like everyone, um, I think the, the, the feeling is that that 2020 is is essentially a write-off. You know, it's just a it's just a, a year to be forgotten. It's it's a shame because you know we were we were geared up and we were on the precipice of of a really sort of major expansion plan. So expanding in the UK but also expanding internationally most most particularly in in North America um so that's that's disappointing and disheartening but you know there's 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 businesses all all over the world fighting for survival so um you know you, you've got to you've got to sort of look at it with with a, in a wider context um so so yeah i i think you know we we've just got to get through this year and um And then, and then next year, you know, hopefully things go go back to normal sooner rather than later, and and then off we go again, and um, you know, reopen our shows to to full capacity, and and begin begin launching new shows. And I get expand expansion still on the cards next year, you believe, or is that further in the future now? So yeah, things will be pushed along a little bit, but. We've got some really exciting plans in in North America, um, some some incredible plans in 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 the US, um, with some some shows that again are going to just absolutely take things to a, a new level, a, a stratospheric new level. Um, 
I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about them yet, unfortunately. Um, but the, 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 the show that the first show that we're putting together in the US is, is going to be a real barnstormer. It's going to be a, a home run. Watch out the space. There's some exciting stuff coming from that way. But w what are you doing besides on, you know, you're working on some big plans I can hear. Are there any specific things you've done uh, as a business to, you know, survive and bounce back? Has, is there anything where you said that, that we thought we were thinking out of the box here to, to get back open and back on track? We worked tirelessly during sort of lockdown to to reopen the, the mazes as, as soon as uh, as possible and as and as safely as possible. Um, we obviously we developed this new Judge Dread show from scratch. We, we created an entirely new show, um, and and a lot of work and care and thought has gone into that. And we're sort of incredibly proud of it and and can't wait to to launch it and open it. I, I suppose. A more fundamental thing that that all of us in in the sort of leisure industry have have to ask ourselves after this pandemic is is um, how how does it affect the sort of the nature of 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 shows and particularly of sort of big shows like ours. I think you know I think the way that the the retail world works is is going to have to change. I think the way that that leases um, work are gonna, is going to have to change, um, uh, you know, because these these huge costs in rent and, and non-controllable costs um, uh, are not sustainable. I think, you know, I think that the whole model is going to have to change. Um, we've definitely been thinking about smaller shows that, that can be rolled out in, in greater frequency. So, yeah, of course, you know, we... we We, we stick to our sort of model which, which works um, and and is and is very successful and and creates hugely exciting shows but but like everyone you know we're, we're having to be flexible and and think intelligently um, and and create new shows that 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 can be robust for the future as you said you opened the doors and people they came back I guess you had had people back into the crystal maze. How have you actually dealt with, you know, making people feel safe? Because I think, I guess that's what it's a lot about when you're doing what you're doing in, in as you move forward right now, is that how do, how do I go? Because I, I, I really hunger an experience, but how can I be safe, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, we've, we've massively adhered to all the government guidelines um, uh, that, that we had to. That's, I think we were actually one of the first in our industry to, to get the, the COVID safe certification, um, uh, all, all of which, you know, we, we were very, very proud of. The other thing that I think is particularly interesting about our shows in particular um, is that our shows are inherently self-isolating. Um, so you have small teams moving through an experience in a linear fashion so that they never come across um, any other any other members of the public. Um, that that means that the future of the of the of the experiences is is very robust, and that's something that you know festivals, large scale theatres aren't able to do, and they are arguably having a more existential sort of crisis um if if you know 
um, if we're not able to 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 regularize the situation as quickly as possible after after this pandemic. Yeah, and it's very interesting you're saying. I guess that you need to have a model that can work on smaller numbers and more uh, handholding as well as you build these new experience journeys because that's, you know, everybody needs to come back in some kind of way. And it's interesting that you're saying that you already had that op- uh, implemented into your model and how it works. So it's for you, it's for smaller tweaks that need to happen than a massive turnaround of the whole, uh, the whole journey. Uh, in your business yeah and i i've i've been joking that we we future planned the business years ago and uh, uh and that's that's why we had small teams in in inherently self-isolating groups um but the the truth is is that that that's just been you know absolutely fortuitous um but it it speaks to the very nature of our shows right um in order to for me to to truly be immersive you know you've got to be in a small group and you've got to be you've got to be by yourselves you've got to be totally immersed um you know with your team in in the world that you're in i don't i don't believe you know a lot of shows and a lot of experiences call themselves uh, immersive but if you you know if you throw 2000 people into into an experience at the same time i, I think you know by its very nature, that that's not immersive. Um, you, you've got to you've got to have the immediacy and you've got to have the exclusivity of the space that you're in um, to to truly get sort of immersion, I believe. Um, and and that that has been a you know a, a wonderful boon and and a and a and a great sort of um, richness of of, of our shows. Um, uh, and look, like you know, hope, hopefully, we all, everyone hopes that you know we can just get a vaccine and get this thing behind us. But um, but yeah, I, I do think you know, small groups and 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 immersion is something that more people will be thinking about now. Yeah, and it's interesting about how the, the this pivoting of business models and how they work. And a lot of people have talked about you know, the role of technology has suddenly just speeded up in a way that you've never seen before. Some people talk, I mean, it's talk about hospitality and restaurant business. They pushed this roadmap three years ahead. How uh, is technology connected to your business and how important is it in creating these experiences as you go forward as well? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question because so the the onus with the crystal maze weirdly was was always to stay quite analog. But the reason for that was was twofold. One because I, I think with large sized physical games that are that are quite silly, which is the sort of preserve of the crystal maze, there's 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 something very fun about that and there's something that, that sort of gives a very level playing field about that. The other thing is that experiences like the Crystal Maze really are about, you know, turning your phone off for a couple of hours and just having fun with with the people that you're with um, and being in the moment. So we, it's not that we shunned technology necessarily, but we did try to stay quite analog for for the Crystal Maze. With shows like Judge Dredd, however, that that are you know set in 2140 in a futuristic London evidently we have to embrace technology and give our envisionment of of what the future might look like so 
I think it's all to play for. And I like, I like the fact that, you know, we can go quite analog in some shows and in others we can, you know, we can really sort of embrace and imbue and, and, and involve technology. I think it's a, it's a horses for courses type thing for me, Michael. I do think that a lot has been said about, about VR. Um, and I, I do think, you know, there's, there's an incredible future for, for VR. I don't think the technology is, is quite there yet. And for my money, I'm quite a big believer in, in real life. And I hope that <laughs> I, I, I perhaps naively hope that, that real life will always be preferable and, and more enjoyable to virtual reality. But, you know, I, I may well be proved wrong on that in years to come. <laughs> It's interesting the, the 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 time we are living through right now. We are probably hungering the human touch more more than ever because we've been told to not go near anyone in principle, besides the people you live in your own house with. So, I guess there will be. Uh, I'm just guessing. I don't know either that it technology is going to be important from a commercial point of view and sometimes how you run your business. But again, when you go and have an experience. It's gonna be about having this human experience, human touch uh, that you hunger for, uh, and not not to have your phone. I think uh, I think we already have, uh, you know, especially during the pandemic. Probably people have been clinging to their phones to find positive news as well. So yeah, yeah, and it's you know it 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 kind of has it's been a concurrent sort of you know media pandemic as well. I don't. You know, I don't think, I don't actually think the the media have been particularly helpful in in this country, and I think there's definitely been some some fear mongering and and uh, an over concentration on you know like on on the pandemic and and actually not not a, a broader sense of journalism that that does need to encapsulate you know the the positivity that everyone needs. I absolutely agree. Speaking personally, I, I could do with never being on a Zoom call ever again for the rest of my mm. life. <laughs> um, that, that's quite tiring doing that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I hope I hope that, I mean, there's there's been a lot of talk about how it will change the way that people work. And and I don't know, like, you know, it may, maybe makes me sound a little bit old to say, but I don't, and and perhaps it's definitely different for different industries, but you know I, I'm a great believer in you know getting people together, not just socially, but also in a professional context. You know, I, I don't think there's any substitute for you know getting people in the room and 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 discussing things and and creating things. And you know, we we are a, a creative company, and you know, there, there's no way that a company like ours could could survive if you know we we were zooming each other day in day out it just it wouldn't work perhaps it works for tech companies i, I don't know i'm a huge proponent of driving greater and, and and allowing for sort of you know greater human interaction I, I think it's absolutely necessary taking all that into account uh, what is your view on the future for experience-led businesses we had ali on the podcast last week talking about that this is one of the the grower he believes it's going to be one of the massive growth opportunities the growth is another thing but what is how does the future look for businesses like yours and how would it uh, change over the next three to five years 
with keeping the pandemic in mind, of course. Yeah, well, I, th I think the first thing is is we have to we we have to you know we we have to sort of defeat this this silent enemy and 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 confidence needs to be to be reinstilled instilled into into the the general public um so so that we've even just got a baseline of trading and then i think there's going to be you know as i say quite a sort of existential interrogation in in terms of definitely theater um definitely sort of live events definitely the sort of the festival type model um uh i think there's also going to be a, a sort of an interrogation into um traditional forms of, of entertainment um go-karting bowling um but even even retail um and shopping centers and and the way the way that all of that is set up i think you're going to find in cities like london that you're going to get wholesale changes to you know major high streets like everything from oxford street down maybe i'm biased but i i do think that that leisure new experiences um companies like ours but also you know com companies that that bridge a couple of worlds you know uh, immersive dining experiences competitive socializing all those kind of companies that that are offering something new and right now are the new kids on the block they're going to come to the fore i think they could be the the savior not just of entertainment but of the high street and i'm all for it people are becoming far more discerning they want more for their money we all have to rise to that challenge i you know the the only good thing that might have happened throughout this pandemic is that the, the natural process of change and the showing up of more traditional and old school forms of entertainment that aren't cutting the mustard anymore, that process might just be precipitated a lot faster because, because the, the old forms of entertainment will, will, will die out. Um, and, and I do think something will, will come in to sort of, to, to champion it and to save the day. And, and, and I think there's a lot of exciting new kinds of entertainment that are ready to do that. That view you have there on the old and dusty ways, as I call it as well, or the way we did it before, it's not going to happen because we have a change in, in the savvy consumer. We had a consumer before, now we have a savvy consumer that has really reflected during lockdown and asked themselves a lot of big questions in life and probably still are going through this process. And I think you're right, is that it is demand a different standard in whatever that is you're providing on the high street or not on the high street. It's uh, and I think it all all gonna be these uh, center of experiences. I think you are you're onto something there. I can envision that on the high street as well. I don't think the high street is gone. It's just gonna be very redefined of what how it's used and and how we're gonna use it. Because again, in the end of the day, as my mom always says, there's two things that's certain. We're gonna we're gonna eat and we're gonna die, and there's gonna be jobs for the uh, the restaurateur, the lesser business, or and the undertaker, and 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 we just want it in a different way. So um, uh, and I think that's the that's the key thing here again. How can you actually you know show people things and uh, and go on that journey with them as they come out of uh, 
out of the pandemic uh, and actually give them this kind of experiences. I think you're spot on there. How do you uh, keep yourself sane, Tom, in all this? Because it must have been absolutely insane closing down a business you have accelerated over the last four to five years and then just one day it's just shut down, no revenue coming in and then finding a way back and now you're open again. How 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 you kept yourself sane? Because that must have been a crazy journey as the CEO of a business like that. And you said to yourself, I've been a CEO's when things goes well and now 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 it's a different kind of world we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I, I guess I guess I have been fortunate to be a CEO when things are going well, and and you know now now I'm a CEO when when things aren't quite going so well. But I, I've been speaking to other you know other people in business, so I massively respect and and I think these are unprecedented times for for everyone, for absolutely everyone. And and the truth is is that no, there's no silver bullet, and no one knows the the answer. Um, uh and and i i think you just i think and it might it might frustrate some people but but i am unerringly optimistic i think you know i, I think we're we should we should hopefully be in for a, a strong q4 and i think things will return to normal uh, faster than than we think next year um you, you know c- coming back to to what you said I, i think that's i think that's a really sort of interesting point michael is that you know not only have people become more savvy and discerning But you know, for all intents and purposes, you ha- you haven't been able to do what you wanted to do in an unadulterated way for, for six months. So, so you know, if if there were a, a magic line drawn in the sand and, and everything went back to normal on the first of September, what would you do? And you know, I think I think people's plans and and ambitions are are, are going to be are going to be vast and and are going to be you know. But people are going to want to be demanding, um, and 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 I think you know that that's hugely exciting. We we just need to sort of get to that point. As as to as to what as to what I do, well, I I just I just drink a little bit more, um, <laughs> and um, and you know I I try and sort of I try and sort of con- concentrate on the work and and. And and look to, to to build new projects and 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 almost do the do the business development which, which can all happen in in the background, um, so that so that when we do come out of this, you know, we we come out um, in in an incredibly exciting way, and we get we get right back to where we were, which is you know we've got these wild and incredible ideas, um, uh, and, and we can't wait to share them with people. Great, 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 uh, and uh, I guess you know it's funny. You're the first one I've heard that said that the the the, the real thing that maybe I just have a drink more than I would have before, <laughs> because normally people say they meditate or exercise or uh, go gone plant based. So I think I think that's a really good reality check, Tom, because I think also the reality of the pressure that's there. You need you need something to to, to calm down the nerves sometimes and just sleep <laughs> yeah. a bit better in the end. Uh, uh, I'll Michael and say that I've been doing yoga. <laughs> okay, yo yoga and and pints. That sounds like uh-huh. a great way of doing the day. Uh, in the end of the podcast, Tom, I always ask uh, the people as on to give three advice to leaders out there that's looking for ways and where we are right now. It's for ways to bounce back and actually 
leverage that opportunity you talked about, if it's called the 1st of September or the 1st of October, what are your three advice to leaders out there? What, what do you think that they should be, you know, really start doing now and really start reflecting on now to come back stronger? Well, I, the, the, the first one is, is something that I sort of always try and tell myself, and, and it's not to sound trite or hackneyed, but, but it is to, to try and stay unerringly positive, um, which, is, which is what I do. We will get out of this eventually. The, the second one is something that, that you and I talked about, Michael, which is, um, you know, just to try and bite-size everything. Like, you know, no one, no one has the answer and no one could, you know, no one can tell the future. Um, and, and to look at, you know, this year and next year and, and you know, when am I, I going to get my big fat profits back again? Like, all of that can, can become... You know, or, or or the or looking at it, you know, totally pessimistically, like is it all going to come, you know, crashing to an end? I think to to look at it in a in a sort of all encompassing way like that is is just is just you know destined for failure and also bad for the soul. So to just bite size things and take things day by day and week by week and just do the little things that you can every day. No one can change the market by themselves. Um, and 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 the final thing i would say is you know like we all we all as 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 business operators have you know many hats to wear and and many plates to spin um but the third thing i would say is you know do do what you can to sort of look after your people and look after your your company company isn't isn't just profits it's you know it's it's human beings and and you're going to need those human beings to to rebuild things, um, you know, when things do go back to normal. Um, and and that is, you know, that is the the universal currency of of any business is is people. Um, and and so you know, keeping your team strong and motivated and um, you know psychologically healthy is 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 really important. Super advice, Tom. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't agree anymore. You need to have faith or be positive about that. There, there is another side of this. There is a, there is a, a, a world of opportunities on the other side of this. And then you said the bite size is also what I said. You can't eat an elephant. You need to take it bite by bite. And that doesn't change if there's pandemic or not. And I think sometimes we just want to do too many things and we don't get anything done. So yeah, do the things you can do with that. And then the last one as well, of course, yeah. Take care, take care of your people, uh, because again, you said you can't do it without them on the other side either, and and they are as well as you and the business in a in a, in terrible distress as well about what's happening in their life and their future and loved ones. So yeah, really, really great advice there, Tom. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time out of uh, your busy schedule, uh, running the business and making it future proof to to have a conversation with us here and sharing your knowledge and insights. I sent all the energy and power you and your team need to to get on the other side of the the pandemic. And once again, thank you for coming on, uh, Michael. That, and likewise, you know, absolutely same back to to you and um, and all of your all of your colleagues. Um, and thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, generally wonderful to to talk to you today. Wow! Thank you, Tom. That was so interesting on how you and your team are setting a different standard when it comes to hospitality and creating experiences. If you'd like to get inspired by other businesses which are primarily experience-led, please tune in to episode 
Number 44, setting a new standard for hospitality experiences with Matt Greg Smith, one of the founders of Swingers. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, rate, or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening and be maverick.